0: So on Sunday, the overlords are going to tell us to spring forward, to change our clocks. Why? There is no good reason that twice a year we're springing forward, falling back. We need to this time spring forward and stay there. I've been asking this question all my life. Why do we do this? No one has a good response. I think somewhere in grade school, somebody told me, oh, it's for the farmers. Now, people might be saying, Corey, why are you dealing with an issue, all these other issues in the world? Why are you dealing with this trivial issue? It's not trivial. It actually causes us harm. The studies are clear. When we do this jumping back and forth, heart attacks go up. Strokes go up. Traffic accidents go up. Even seasonal depression goes up. This is about our well-being. This is about stopping this ridiculous back-and-forth over and over for no good reason. I'm joining a Florida senator, Republican. I'm joining them in a bill to change this. Let's, this time, spring forward and never go back. What? Stone on air, coming up. Completely unsanctioned by the church. Stone on air. Whatever, let's just do this. Stone on air. That's
1: exactly what I wanted to hear.
2: Give human beings opportunity, and you'll be absolutely shocked with what people do with it.
1: Stone on air, coming
2: up. Stone on air. All right, well, hello, everybody. How in the hell are you? Coming to you on a Thursday. Probably not the best idea hoping people to download a show when the chances are they'll be focused on watching basketball all day. I know my audience isn't all sports fans but I'd imagine many of them are. And it's St. Patrick's Day so it's a busy day and hopefully you're able to fit the Stone On Air podcast into your busy week. At some point, your midweek download destination.
0: Like generation
2: real memories of celebrating St. Patrick's Day in my entire life I, I only really have one and it was right around when I was 21 years old could have been drinking on a fake ID maybe I was 20 I don't remember that's how long ago it was and I think it was at Bennigan's of all places it was on Brainerd Road somewhere and I just remember waking up with a cup of Guinness dumped all over my friend's parents floor in his room that I guess we stumbled in late night and either poured another cup or we walked out of the bar. We probably left the bar with the cup of Guinness. I don't know. I don't, I don't remember. but And that's really it. I, I, don't, I don't remember any other time. Um, I'm not real big on the amateur night uh, drinking holidays. So uh, if you go out, enjoy yourself. I do like Irish beer and, uh, and Irish uh, whiskey quite a bit. Um, love Guinness. I uh, really eliminated most all beers from my um From my daily or weekly or regular intake, it's almost completely uh, been eliminated other than a light beer here and there. Kind of moved on to the seltzer world and I've always been a gin and tonic drinker. Of course, you already knew that if you're here with any regularity. If you happen to be a new listener, which I find that to be quite unlikely, uh, my name is Brian. This is the Stone On Air podcast, and it comes out, generally speaking, every Wednesday or Thursday. Recently, it's been falling on Thursdays. More often, but I have been pretty consistent here into the year 2022. snap your fingers. Boom. And March is halfway through, but this is my time of year. I'm excited. Can't wait for April. Um Let's see. Actually, a lot to get to today. So I'll lay out the show quickly. Um A second segment of the show, you'll hear from Matt Hollander. He wants to be the mayor of the city of not the city, the of the county, Hamlet County. And it'll be a shorter segment. And I'll explain why. Uh, more a little bit later on and I'll direct you in a direction if you want to hear more from Matt you can uh, you can do that in several different places I'm sure but I'll give you one specifically do that in the second segment of the show and then on the final segment you've been warned on the front end speaking of sports fans and some are and some are not um, big big news big change um, generational change in the Atlanta Braves um, infield specifically at first base beloved. A member of the team is not there anymore. Freddie Freeman, of course. If you care, you already know. I'm going to spend a segment on it. Sorry, baseball haters. I um, I have to. I have to. It's uh, it's been one of the most uh, I guess fascinating would be the right word. Uh, more one of the most fascinating off front office moves and timelines that I've ever seen in any sport, but certainly in Major League Baseball that I follow the closest. So I'll uh, I'll talk about that, give you my thoughts on that. I don't know where you're going to think I'm going to go with it, but I guess if you're following along on social media, you probably already know. But that'll be the final segment. If you're not into that, feel free to check out. I'll get you uh, three pieces of audio at the tail end of the open here. The best thing, the bold wannabe thing, and the coolest thing. and um, And then plenty to fit in between now and then. First of all, I want to start off sad and I'll do, I'll do it quickly because when somebody in the city of Chattanooga passes away that I know at all that has any name prominence whatsoever, I talk about it because I think that I should. I want to, um, and that's happened a couple times here recently. It's been pretty upsetting. Shannon Fuller from uh, ZarZars, uh, uh, Ian from uh, Dan's uh, Dan Pinson, Dan and Friends, the mandolin player. Both still young. She was in her sixties, but you know, too young to be dying. And he was in his late thirties. And a dear, dear, dear friend of mine, and a friend of at least a handful of, for sure, of listeners of this show, Sean Patterson, passed away from cancer the other day. I didn't realize this. He had four, or excuse me, had three years of stage four cancer. That's it's incredible that he was able to to hold off that long. I maybe. I don't. I don't think I would want that for me. I. I don't think I'd want stage four cancer for three years. I think I'd want it for three days. But then again, what do I know? How would I know what I would want without being in that position? But the outpouring of of just love and 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 sadness on the social media uh, networks are very similar to that of Ian's the other day. Um, there was one thing that stuck out with Ian's that I kept seeing over and over and over again that was so true. And there was one thing that stuck out with Sean's. Um, that was so true is that he never met a stranger dude never met a stranger and he was uh he was kind of the banquet guy if that makes any sense he threw parties all the time and i'm not talking about just keg and ragers i'm talking about gatherings big dinners on the regular halloween parties shaunaru he called it for years my band garage band played in it for a while for many many years back in the middle of the last decade he was just, uh, he was a man of the people. He was always out at every, he was at every nightfall, every riverfront night. Um, he went to tons of Bonaroos. He, um, I mean, if it was a live event with live music, every, you know, every three sisters, I mean, this is, this, you're going to see this guy everywhere. And I, every time I walked up in any kind of earshot and visual distance, he would yell the same thing. And this has been going on for going on 20 years. Brian Stone, you're my hero. I don't know where it started. I don't know why he did it, but it just stuck. One up once upon a time, and every time I would hear in the distance, you know, almost echoing, Brian Stone, you're my hero. And I'd be like, "There's Sean. Let's go find Sean." And but the truest part of it, he never met a stranger. As soon as he met you, you were his friend immediately. And he'll be missed. Really, really, really sad. Um, so there you go. All right, enough of that. Let's move ahead. So last week I started talking about uh, four dollar gas, and I can't remember exactly what it even was. I don't listen to everything I do after the fact, but oftentimes I go through it to make promos to put on social media, and I realized that I didn't even get to the point that I was trying to make whatever it even was at this point. I don't remember, but I got sidetracked somehow. I was talking four dollar gas, and then I I read a piece about in you know in the inflation of everything. And it said $4 is not the same from decade to decade. Clearly, we all understand that. We're not really thinking about it that way. We're nowhere near where the heights of gas prices have been if you take an account for inflation. In 1999, I know a lot of people also get tired of my Woodstock stories. This isn't a Woodstock story. But they are infamously uh, known for having $4 waters. In the hottest portion of the summer, with no shade on a old uh, uh, toxic waste dump, former uh, Air Force base from the 1940s, tarmac's just blistering the sun, and they didn't have any, or if they did have potable water stations, they were busted and broken by the second day, and they were selling $4 waters. Well, at 19 years old or any age, that was just that was horrendous like what are you doing this is price gouging of all price gouging well now never now and again you're going to run into a four dollar water you know you're not going to be happy about it but you're not going to spend much time thinking about it after that and i'd say you're probably not even gonna find a four dollar water in most places maybe unless you're in california or something so in 2008 when four dollars was a price of a gallon of gas around here in the late summer early fall that's not the same as $4 as it is now. So, yes, it's high and it sucks. I filled up my tank today just a couple hours ago. It was making me ill watching it just click 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 click. I think it was 50 $57 for a 15 gallon tank and I just had a I got pretty close to empty. Oh, it was painful. But so we are not to the worst yet. And technically the prices have come down about 10-15 cents in the last couple of days. Does that matter? Probably not. We'll see. Um, Let's see. Uh, I'm going to play, coming out of the next two segments, music from a band locally here called the World Leaders. These are guys I used to play with. Not the first garage band I was in, but one of the members from that garage band is also now a member of this band, and then we played together and it didn't go anywhere about 10 years ago. And it's some of the best music I've ever attempted to try to make or be a part of in my life. It was so good and so difficult. I'm not good enough to keep up. Like I could keep up for a Saturday, or I could, you know, we could hang out and have some beers and play and have a good time, but I couldn't record this stuff and do it on a weekly basis. It's the the skill level is just too high for me. Well, after 20 some years. Um, Ryan is uh, uh, Ryan Fortenberry is the, the mastermind behind all this He has finally got this band Playing gigs, recording music And the two songs I'm going to play today Are songs that we used to play That are just so great And uh, they're going to be playing at Wanderlinger Friday night at 8 o'clock They're opening for Sunsap Who is a pretty well-known local band here I'm torn on this one because the mocks play Illinois at 7 In the NCAA tournament I'm taking that day off I'm going to kind of have an all-dayer so Friday's going to be a big day. So if you want to go see some music, I mean, fantastic stuff. It is watch one time and be impressed kind of uh, music. So just so you know that. And I'm going to get to the time change to wrap up. Uh, I'm just going to go ahead and get to it now. This other stuff I'll talk about later. TV Cell, Spotify, Sirius XM. I'll, I'll, I'll save that for another time. This time change, finally, on the front end, that was Corey Booker. Um, I can't is he a New York senator I can't even remember now but he's a Democratic politician ran for president in the early primaries Um, and he that was him on the front end he's teaming up with Marco Rubio and somehow out of nowhere the Senate completely passed this uh what are they they're calling it the Sunshine Protection Act quote if we can get this passed we don't have to keep doing this stupidity anymore Marco Rubio said why we wouldn't why we would enshrine this in our laws and keep it going for so long is beyond me. Co-sponsor of the bill, Sheldon Whitehouse, a Democrat out of Rhode Island, one of Rubio's partners in the bill, said the bill's backers intentionally waited until the nation was reeling from yet another time change, which occurred on Sunday. Quote, we did try and get it done once the clock had just changed because it made it more timely. Whitehouse said he has not received an assurance from Speaker Nancy Pelosi on the permanent daylight savings time bill future in the House, I swear to God, I'll never vote for a Democrat again in my life. If any one of these D wannabes gets in here and, and, and messes with this, it is time to. I, I'm I'm be, I'm almost not joking. I'm almost completely not joking. I'm turning to single issue voters on some things, and if, if this is got to go, it's just it's asinine. Completely asinine. And I don't even care. I always said growing up all these years, because daylight savings time was my time. I wanted it late, sun out as late as possible. I've always, I still believe this. When the sun sets, the day is effectively over. Why are we trying to extend, or, or excuse me, why are we trying to uh, 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 expedite the end of the day? Let's let the day last as long as possible. These things go by so damn fast. Now I don't even care. Pick one. You don't like daylight savings time? Fine we'll don't do savings time. Let's do standard time. It doesn't matter. One hour is nothing. One hour doesn't mean much of anything. It's just the shock that it puts to the system of virtually everybody. For some reason, some people just don't feel this, but I felt it worse than I have in years, this go around. And I even put my clocks in my house, in my car, uh, uh, ahead on Saturday early. So the whole day I was looking at clocks that were set an hour ahead. And, and I obviously couldn't do that with my phone, but I, I purposely arranged my day around the new time and it still effed me. I couldn't get out of bed on Sunday. I don't know why. I don't understand why the biological clock ticks away that it does, but it does. And it's infuriating. Stop doing it. And all the studies are, are, are true. I don't have them in front of me. I've read them a countless times over all these years. This has been a a plight that I've been fighting for my whole life. All the studies go up. Everything that Booker said on the front end: depression, heart attacks, uh, 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 stro- excuse me, strokes, uh, car accidents. We used to do traffic reports the day after we would f- we would ju- go fall back, and then everybody's going home and it's dark on their way home. And it's like, oh my God, we have more car- we have more accidents. This isn't made up. This isn't junk science. This isn't junk polling. This isn't junk data. It's real. Why are we doing this to ourselves? Stop. Stop. This is the real March Madness. Hashtag March Madness. Stop the madness. And it looks like it might finally, finally come to an end. I, um, I, I did something I almost never do. Brian Smith from uh, Channel 12 technically an acquaintance of mine, had just posted this. And and people were just, he got like 500 comments, and I was just going through like, you're insane. What is your problem? I wasn't cussing and, and being an overly a jerk. But like some of these here were, why can't we keep it on standard time? It's the original time. It's, it is the original time. It feels better on the body. Leave it up to Congress to drag their feet and still not get it. Uh, this one says, I hope they approve it. I love this time better. And I responded, it doesn't matter which time we choose. When the earth's rotation is all that dictates what time the sun sets and rises, it will never be discussed or thought of again. This says, I hate daylight savings time. So I hope it doesn't go. uh, So this is the opposite. I hate it. I don't want it. You wouldn't even realize it was a thing if we didn't do it. The rotation of the earth around the sun dictates when the sun sets and rises It literally changes every day. The only reason we can realize it's a thing is because we do this idiotic change twice a year. There was a big meme that said, this could not be less important. I wrote, Jessica, it's amazing that people honestly don't think this has even some importance. It's really simple to understand, and it's even simpler to fix. And then there was countless ones of, what, but does Congress not have more important things to be doing? Yes, there are more important things to be doing. You can also do this while you do the important things. Oh, it's maddening. Absolutely maddening. And then this one real quick, just to wrap it up, and then I'll play our three pieces of audio. The economy is in the tank. Higher food prices, higher fuel. A war with Iran, China, Russia, North Korea. Highest unemployment ever. And what is on this current administration's top priority? Should we do away with daylight savings time? Let's not forget how easily COVID has been thrown to the side. Every time our commander in, our commander in chief is, uh, he bungles us all up, briefs in the media start spreading their propaganda and write it until we the people start seeing the truth. Then they create another crisis to hide what they are really doing, which is destroying this country and selling out to China. Dude, this is a thread about daylight savings time I posted John you sound like you'd be a blast to hang out with <laughs> and I just got I went off my normal um, uh, just ignore everything on Facebook mode and I don't know I was just in a mood and I didn't I didn't ever even respond back or get into fights with anybody but enough enough stop the madness and I think this time it actually might happen. All right, let's see what I got here. This is the best thing. And I don't remember exactly what, oh, this is my guy, uh, Tarun, um, uh, Brent Tarun. Uh, And if you listen uh, often, then you'll recognize his voice. This is a message for Brandon Biden. I'm calling it the best thing. This message goes out to Brandon Biden. I'm at the gas station right now. And these prices are too high. And I'm tired of it, Brandon. You need to do your job, because everybody else is. You know, Congress makes the laws, the courts interpret the laws, and the president controls the gas prices. Everybody knows that, Brandon. You took an oath to make sure Americans don't have to pay $170 every time they fill up their truck, and you're blowing it. Now, what's the average working man supposed to do, huh? Stop driving a 7,000-pound vehicle even though he doesn't do any truck stuff? With it and he, and he works from home. What's next? You're going to tell us we got to take the flags and bumper stickers off of it to reduce the drag? I don't think so. Lower the gas prices, Brando. <laughs> I love that, dude, so much. Uh, this is, I'm calling it the bold. Wannabe thing, of course, this time of year when the uh, brackets come out, all the wannabes, all the know-it-alls, especially all the gamblers and all the people filling out the brackets, they know who's going to win. They know this. They know they don't know a damn thing. But this one caught my eye. The bold wannabe thing. Well, this dude thinks that our chatting are going to do pretty well.
3: Let's do the South
2: region. I've got Arizona and TCU winning these first games. And then big upsets here, UAB. Jordan Walker is a beast, and then Chattanooga matches up really well against Illinois, and so I got Chattanooga going up against UAB in the round of 32. Watch out for David Roddy and Colorado State. I like how they got matched up against Michigan, because I don't like Michigan in the tournament, and they're going to prove me right
3: And then I've got Tennessee, Loyola Chicago, and Villanova. Really want to take TCU here. And I think this will actually be a really close game. But I've got Arizona. And then right here, I have got the Chattanooga Mocs making it to the Sweet 16.
2: Whoa, hot take, hot take. Stop the presses. Chattanooga to the Sweet 16. That's um, not likely, but not the most impossible thing in the history of the sporting world. And the final thing here, uh, same as I did last week, might do a few more of these. I have fun with it. Uh, the, The guy from TikTok that does guess this song from just the drum beat. See if you can't get this one. I'll call it today's coolest thing. Okay, I'll give you just a couple more seconds. I did get this one almost immediately because it is a song that I would be lying to you if I didn't say I liked it immediately back in what was it, 1999 or so, when Carlos Santana teamed up with Matchbox 20s, Matchbox 20s, excuse me, uh, Rob Thomas to do Smooth. I love this song. I loved it the minute I heard it, but I lied about it for years because it was not cool to like Rob Thomas hanging out with Carlos Santana back at the turn of the century. Matt Hollander wants to be the next mayor of Hamilton County and you will hear from Matt coming up next.
4: Man, it's a
3: Now back to more stone on
4: air that's exactly what i
5: wanted to hear stone on um, i think my pitch is i went to a business school called aileron up in dayton ohio for a while they have different classes it was a non class for presidents how to set up a board class for managers and they really uh, taught me the value in having a mission and a vision and core values and i don't mean like i had core values on the wall forever dependability integrity honesty faith family and that's permission to play. Like, you shouldn't work here if you're, if you're not dependable or, yeah. or you're honest. So we recreated our core values. And I wanna, as mayor, you as the taxpayer are the customer. So it's my job to deliver customer service to you. And as a previous business owner, I wanna give five-star customer service.
2: Matt Hollander, name you're probably very familiar with, the Holco Company. The most expensive siding, doors, and windows you could possibly get. It's not just my opinion, but they are quality windows, quality product all the way around. This is uh, this is one of the songs in the World Leaders.
0: And uh,
2: I actually named this song. I don't get any writing credits on it because I didn't help write it. But I, when we were playing it, it didn't have a name ten years ago. And this sounds like a mix between Queens of the Stone Age, Pink Floyd. Uh, there's some Beatles. There's some Beatles tendencies in there. And I just one day said, "Are we going to play that Eurotrash song or what? Or something like that?" And it's a seven-minute song. It, it goes up and down and changes tempos and speeds. It's fantastic. And uh, they all laughed, I, you know, when I said Eurotrash. I was like, it sounds like just psychedelic Eurotrash. And it just stuck. The name is called Eurotrash. So happy, very happy to hear they finally got some, uh, some of these tracks laid down. They're going to be... And they're, they're a bunch of 40-year-olds. They're, they're, you know. So you can hear the Pink Floyd. But, yeah, they're a bunch of very, very dedicated to a hobby, 40-somethings. And uh, I'm really proud of them. Good for them because I, I think I talked about it on here. I met up with these, most of these dudes the other week and played for an entire Saturday back porch style. You know, picking and grinning. We plugged up for an hour or two, and then we sat on the back porch drinking beers and smoking cigarettes just like we did in 1997. It was really a fun blast from the past. And when I got done, I was exhausted. It's like, holy shit, you guys do this every week, sometimes twice a week? And uh, I don't know how you keep up. I don't know how you, how, how you have the stamina to do it, but they are dedicated, and that is uh, really neat. Um so, uh, this will be a, a, I think it'll be a shorter segment. I know it's going to be shorter from the audio clips that I have. Cause I only have four, five total. If you count the rejoin there. And if you regular, you've heard recently, I've had Weston womps audio from our morning show, uh, podcast with Jeff styles. And I had his sister Cody Womp, who's running for district attorney. I had nine cuts of Cody Womp and I had probably six or seven from Weston. Now, Weston and Cody grew up, son and uh, daughter of you know a congressional member Zach Womp, for almost twenty years. They lived part time in Washington D.C. They've been around politicians their whole life. They have learned and uh, been groomed to to answer questions in a, a a professional politician kind of way. So it's no problem getting sound bites from those two and i'm not saying that's good or bad i'm just saying that's the fact that's what that's that's why i had so much to use matt hollander is not a politician he'll mention that here in just a minute not even kind of he is a lifelong uh businessman not just with the Hulko company his father is uh i believe it's bill bill hollander trustee of deeds or something like that he's been on a mid-level governmental political position most of his adult life. So this is kind of, you know, the sons and their daddies that kind of you can do that silver spoon kind of thing, nepotism kind of thing. I'm not doing that. I don't care who you are and and for what reason you want to run for uh, mayor. Sabrina uh, Smedley is doing that, the third real contender. She's doing that very much using the good old boy club and kind of taking some shots in some of her advertising, we will have her in next week. So I will have the third uh, campaign or uh, candidate, I should say, for the county mayor for audio. Likely, I believe it'll be in time to do it for next week, but if not the week after that, May 4th, I believe, is the uh, primary, which in this situation, the primary is the election. So that's the date that really matters. So I only had really four cuts because Jeff styles is the King of interviews. He's a way he's almost like a way Howard Stern used to be. Maybe Howard Stern still is. He's just so conversationally brilliant. He can get the best out of you, no matter what usually if, as long as you're trying, he'll get the best out of you. I'm not that good at that. Jeff is incredible at that. So the conversation with Matt Hollander was much more conversational, not less Here's a question, here's a thought, here's a, a topic, go, and then you get a, po- a political, long-winded soundbite. That's not how this conversation went. It was just as long as the others. It was 20-plus minutes. So Chattanooga drive Show is the name of the podcast. If you want to hear the full conversation between Jen and Jeff and Matt Hollander and uh, Russell Stroud as well as in there a little bit, go right ahead. You'll get more information than I'm going to give you here. But I don't want to air someone else's podcast on this show. I want to air just soundbites. And that's why I only have a few of them. And sorry for taking so long and rambling and babbling babbling along here to try to get to it. So let's just jump right into it. Um, The first cut from Matt Hollander, just a typical why. Why do you want to be, I got to turn that off first. My bad. Why do you want to be the mayor of Hamilton County?
5: No, I, when I sold my business, I and I, I've thought about this for a number of years, and I've had friends reach out, and you know they wanted me to give back, and so I asked a lot of friends that didn't have an agenda, friends from out of town or a former peer group, their opinion of me running, and they said, "Well, you're a better version of yourself when you're giving back and when you're busy." Uh, I went and talked to several folks. I had one day I had lunch with John Kinsey, and he said, "I think you would do a great job." I want to help you. And he said, I'll tell you, when I was city mayor, that was the most rewarding time of my life. I met with Bob Corker, and he said, when I was mayor, that was the most rewarding time of my life. I mean, a number of things happened that led up to my decision, but those were definitely influential. And I just think I have the opportunity to make the biggest difference as being mayor and giving back.
2: John Kinsey was the mayor before Bob Corker, so the end of the 90s and the turn of the century. His uh, his son, friend of mine, Adam Kinsey, and his wife, Monica, run the choo-choo presently, Monica does many other things, uh, event planning and and uh, several irons and several fires. And then, of course, Bob Corker, uh, you are very well aware of who he is. Um, to people, and I put it, this is what I wrote to myself, to people in parentheses like me who accuse Matt Hollander of being, and I put it in parentheses again, as I say, Low to no energy. So, to put that in a different way, to people who say, you know, you're kind of soft-spoken, you're, um, you know, you're, you have opponents that seem to be louder, not quite smashing pots and pans together, but close. Uh, what would you say to those people?
5: Well, one, I'm not a politician. I'm not the most uh, articulate, uh, and I'm not as well spoken. But I know I'll get the most done, and that's what I've always done. And I think any of my friends, or past employees, or former, or even business partners would would tell you that. I I, I know how to influence and bring people together and get stuff done. And I, I usually joke when I have my fundraisers or speak that I got to see in public speaking at Chattanooga State, which I did. Um, but that that would be the difference to me. I'm not. I'm not a politician. I'm a businessman. I
2: think that was a pretty good answer. I think it was a good way to say, yeah, I didn't do well in public speaking. And I think a lot of people can identify with that. It's always been bizarre to me. It's the old Seinfeld joke that you'd rather be in the casket than giving the eul- eulogy. Because people generally on polling, is the biggest fear is speaking in front of large crowds, public speaking. And while I totally understand why... Uh, because I have, uh, it's not a fear, nowhere near a fear. I get very anxious over it and I haven't done it a lot in my life, but I've done it more than the average person. I would say, uh, I get very nervous before I speak in front of a lot of people. Um, so I get why it's a fear, but some people, boy, it just cripples them. Like it's a phobia. And I guess I've just been so conditioned that if you are going to be in the public eye, if you are going to be in a in a political position, then you really need to be charismatic and energetic, and maybe that's a misconception on my part. Maybe that's not necessarily something that um, that should be a, a requirement. the uh, uh, The debate that was online uh, only was pathetic. Like I mean, Matt looked like he had never stepped in front of a camera or a microphone in his life, and he recorded. You know, he did a lot of the TV spots for Halco. It's just in that setting, it wasn't his element. I didn't think Sabrina was any good at it either. And then Weston was a champion of the world. If you so, if you say who won the debate, well, Weston looked like the guy who won because he's the guy who's you know this is his. Prof- he's not it's not his profession yet, but he I still consider him a professional politician because he's just so groomed at that but you know just because Matt Hollander isn't the most energetic guy does that mean he won't make him won't make a great mayor or a good mayor not that doesn't mean anything at all I guess I don't know I just I want to see more uh charisma but it, maybe it's not important at all uh just so two left here as I said we'll be moving quickly here regularly talk about this gangs Sabrina Smedley, she wants to spend a lot of time on this. So does Cody Womp as a DA. We got to get a gang task force. We got to take care of the gang problem. Once again, I don't think there really truly is a gang problem in this city. There's a crime problem. There's a poverty stricken crime problem. There's um, there's wannabe gangs and youth criminal problems in certain small pockets as Cody mentioned last week in a six by six mile radius basically downtown to your left as you drive in from 24. Um, I I don't know that the county mayor needs to be spending a whole lot of time on gangs when it doesn't affect much of anything uh, of the county meaning just specifically the gang gang problem and uh, but he also had a a ride along here that um, opened his eyes to other kind of crime. This is what Matt Hollander had to say about that.
5: Well, they are part of the problem, but like you noted, there's a a array. I did a ride-along a couple weeks ago on the west side with the 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 county uh, sheriff's office, and I was blown away. It was so eye-opening. We had a major drug bust that night. We had an overdose. There were two high-pursuit chases. One ended at gunpoint at a Waffle House on 58 Highway. Um, It it was unbelievable to me what would happen in the middle of the night on a Thursday night, and none of that was gang-related. Uh, there was a lot of drug issues, I think, are a problem. And, of course, during, uh, you know, the, since the pandemic, opioid overuse be- became really bad, and I witnessed that that night. And I would be fascinated going on a ride-along, uh, especially on a weekend in certain neighborhoods. I would be very
2: fascinated to do that. And I guess if I work, tried hard enough, I could probably arrange that and make that happen. Um, so th- th- this turns kind of racial when we start talking gangs and singling that out. I mean, I'm not a fan, and more than not a fan. I think it's a t- atrocious uh, idea and concept. The, um, uh, why am I forgetting what it's called? Oh, uh, Just Busted. And the, the Chattanooga Times Free Press used to have their own version of it for a little bit. But Just Busted was much more sensationalized. And on every Canco's and, uh, you know, Harry's convenience store you'd go into. And just people just couldn't be, couldn't stop but look at it and buy it and fund this I believe a disgusting magazine. I'm not saying it shouldn't be allowed, but I don't, I just, I don't, I think it's disgusting. I hate it. And there's, and until there's a version called just exonerated, I'm never going to be okay with that kind of publication and that kind of way of, of, of turning a profit. But I have looked at them plenty of times and just look at that. I don't even know if it exists anymore, but it, or just go to the, to the database and look at the the mugshots from every weekend. And there is cracked out head, meth heads, burglaries, um, petty theft, not petty theft. Uh, It it just goes on and on over and over and over all the time. So do we have some crime that needs to be maybe a unit that's devoted more towards, I don't know what you would call it, that's not my department, to come up with clever names? Sure, crime, certain parts of of the county for sure. But this whole idea we're going to sit around and spend a lot of time on the gang problem, I think is, uh, is 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 pretty nonsensical to spend much time on this at all. And Cody Wamp wanted to seem like she wanted to spend an hour on it. Um, that's her hot button right now. I guess she thinks it's going to it's gonna get people to look her way. Her back in the blue, and we're going to get rid of the gangs. And that's her main thing. I guess she thinks it's going to work, and it very well might. And the final one I have here, it says he's done uh, surveys, paid for some as well. You can get different kind of data and polling from all kinds of different places, but he's actually paid for a couple of surveys in the county to really get a good gauge on what the public's concerns are in Hamilton County.
5: But when I do my surveys, I've, I've paid for two. I'll be transparent. You know, every one of them show public crime and safety as the top priority. Normally infrastructure and economic development flip between two and three, sometimes illegal immigration's on there, education's usually four or five but the mayor wears a lot of hats and i don't i don't feel like it's about one priority or two priorities there is uh, we have a broken sewer system we have this issue with erlanger i could go on and on with with priorities that the mayor has to be responsible for so i just want to i'm not going to go fix one i've never been an educator i've never been a teacher i'm not going to go tell justin robertson how to do his job i want to come alongside and support him same thing with austin garrett we've been friends a long time i want to support him and What those deputies go through. One issue they have is recruiting. They're down about fifty deputies. The night I went out, they normally have uh, eight deputies on the west and eight on the east, and they were shorthanded in helping each side. So, how do how do you use the mayor's office and Hamilton County's platform and the sheriff's office to promote and help recruit new deputies? And that'll help part of the part of the problem right there. Of course, he's talking about Justin
2: Robertson, who is the uh, superintendent of Hamilton County Schools. And Austin Garrett, who is going to be the next county sheriff taking over for Jim Hammond, he is running unopposed in the upcoming election. So a lot of uh, power shifts in county government and in the last year in city government as well. I got to say, I walked away from this being much more impressed with Matt Hollander than I expected. I, um, I had already wrote him off as just this dull, boring guy, and he's not dull and boring and i talked to him a little bit beforehand we're moving fast in the mornings i don't really get to sit around and have a powwow with anybody uh, i was very happy that west of Wamp finally acknowledges me by name after all these years that was the first time i've ever met matt hollander and he acted like he cared to say hello so i appreciated that one thing they did get into that i wasn't able to really get a sound bite out of was um What Weston is really kind of banking on and using, you know, putting, I'm not going to say all eggs in a basket, but pretty kind of close to that is tech school and trade school and, um, and education being the primary focus on much of his campaigning and really Hollander agrees with with all of that as well. He, it wasn't like, oh, he shouldn't be doing this or shouldn't or I, I would do this differently. It was like, yeah, we need to have more people in in trade school. And I remember one of the clips were when I and I could identify with this so much. I don't remember I must have lost that or lost it on the cutting room floor here cuz he said something about back when I was in high school. I think he went to Udall High School too. Hollander, uh, uh, he's got a few years on me, probably about 5 years on me. Um that when if people went to vocational school, they were the the kids that smoked cigarettes, is the way he put it. The the kid he was trying to make a greater point that I totally identified with. It was it was the stigma of these are the scummy people. These are the loser lowlifes that got nothing going in their life. These are the trailer park types that go to vocational school. And he even said, and a lot of those people I know now own their own body shops and own their own whatever it might be. And um, that needs to stop. And I think it mostly has, well, actually, I don't have any idea. I don't know if it stopped or not. Not from a, a mid-level public school like Ottawa. I, I, I don't know what the temperature of the room is in the hallways of a school like that right now. But I, I appreciated that. And he totally agreed with everything Weston is fighting for. He said, I'm trying to do the same thing. And so I, I, I appreciated that. But my support and endorsement will not Waver from Weston Wamp. I hope he's our next Hamilton County Mayor and if you're Voting for that, uh, for that Seat and you live in the county I uh, urge you to vote for Weston but I Don't think we could go wrong with Matt Hollander Or Weston and really I don't think We could go wrong You know what I'm going to hold judgment on that <laughs> Let's wait until I meet and talk to Sabrina before I say we can't go Wrong with her. Hopefully I'll have that for you Put together by the uh, End uh, or the middle to end of next week. I think we have her in on Tuesday. So that would be a quick turnaround for me to be able to pull that audio, have it ready by Thursday. Either way, I'll get it to you sooner than later. Okay, so you've been warned. Next segment is all about these moves the Braves have made. Freddie Freeman is gone. I think it's important. I think it matters. I want to talk about it. I'm going to do it next. On the way out here with a song that I, uh, I named this song... I am very proud of that Because it's a fantastic song And I love that on a technicality That basically a nickname stuck This song is called Eurotrash by the world leaders And I'll let it play for a minute on the way out Of this segment So, so much for going short, right? I do it every damn time Hang tight, we'll
0: be right back
4: I'm trying. I'm very proud of what we have here in atlanta i know it's a desirable place to play you know the fact that matt was from atlanta we've had a competitive club the minute we made the trade i told matt obviously we're excited to have him and so on and we want to keep him here long term and i told him my next call was going to be to his his agent and um you know we wanted to get serious about getting something done and i called bb abbott um right right after and i said look i said "We, we will come with a big offer we will be very aggressive and we'd love to have something done by tomorrow at one if we, we can. It was late night, it was long, but I think it was important that once Matt got into this club, us into this community, that everybody knew that this was a long-term thing and he was gonna be now one of our core players with the Acunias and the Albies and the Rileys and Swanson's and so on, and Max, and you know, all, all, all these other guys that we have here, Ian Anderson and so on. So, um, you know, he's now part of this core, you know, he's one of, one, one of the group and knowing that he wanted to be here was important to us.
2: It's very serendipitous that this song's lyrics fit the open of this segment so well.
0: You were looking very down.
2: Oh, boy, were
0: we? You were feeling so low, 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 low.
1: Now those days are gone.
2: You found a love to show. And now it's better. Song is called Nadia from the World Leaders Band. I did not have anything to do with this song other than learn how to play it. Once upon a time. All right, so uh, big, big, just whirlwind of emotions through Braves country in the last week, less than a week. It was just about a week and a half ago. We weren't even sure whether we were going to have baseball anytime soon, and I talked about it on the. Uh, podcast last week that I wasn't I was going to put off talking baseball labor negotiations at least another week maybe two once there was real damage to the season to the league uh, canceled games for real maybe a month of games once it got into that then I was going to sit down and do a breakdown of what is actually happening here because most people don't know even the ones who actually care don't really understand what the labor negotiations are and most people who just kind of French fan would mute me and say, please shut up if I tried to explain it to you. It's not, it's not that interesting in some respects. And if you're a big fan of the game, in many ways it is. Uh, often people just think it's about, you know, I want more money. No, I want more money no, 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 no. It's international draft. It's, it's player compensation and trades. It's, it's a service time for free agency. It's so much going on on those negotiations and they should sit down and lock out or strike if need be to get these things fixed because things change, you know, generation to generation in this league and they don't change enough actually. Uh, And that, that's part of it too. So, since I said that last week, there was an agreement. And really, in the end of the day, nothing changed all that much. It really didn't. And so, you know, that's fine or not good, depending on who you ask. But so because of that, the um, there's there's no hot stove league, as they call it, in, in Major League Baseball, which is basically between December and January. Middle December, early January, uh, the uh, owners' meetings, and then every week there's a couple of signings, a couple of trades. It's just their kind of way of having an off-season kind of way to just keep the their attempt anyway to keep the sport in the headlines like the NFL does, but they uh, fail miserably at doing it in comparison to the NFL. But anyway, so there wasn't that. So as soon as the bargaining agreement is made, free agency starts, boom, right then. And uh, initially you could say, that the Braves F this up with Freddie Freeman leaving, or he hasn't even, I mean, he's not, he hasn't as of now, hasn't signed anywhere yet. The Braves messed this up by not getting this done a year, a year and a half ago. And we all just assumed that they would. All just assumed Freddie was here for life. He is one of the most beloved Braves. He is Hank Aaron. He is, not Hank Aaron from the culturally importance, but as far as treasured, he is Chipper Jones. He is Dale Murphy. He's supposed to be here. You're supposed to make this happen. And so I do blame the Braves for not getting that done earlier on. But with the CBA looming, with the stupid COVID year and not playing ball only 60 games and the terrible loss of revenue for that year, all that up in the air, I I kind of I give them a pass. I understand why they weren't just necessarily going to hand out $30 to $35 million a year contract to a guy who will be 37, 38 years old at the end of it. We need to let this play out. We need to see what the CBA is going to look like. We need to see about when are we going to have fans back in the stadium? When are we going to be able to have revenue flowing again? Well, the answer was that very soon, and then went on a World Series run and had $500 million in revenue last year with over $100 million in profit. Now, that's not taking into account for the total bath that they took the year before. So I understand the Braves stance of we can't just start handing over massive contracts to a player in their early thirties when we have all this uncertainty. So I'll give them, I'll give them that, but they still, it still feels like they should have figured out a way to make it happen because Freddie Freeman is a brand in Atlanta for the rest of his life. All the rest of all of our lives, just like Chipper Jones and all the names I just mentioned, but it didn't work out that way. So you got to deal with the current Situation. So the um, free agency starts, and really, Freddie's one of the first ones to drop him and a a shortstop out of uh, the Astros, uh, Carlos Correa. Again, I won't bore you with that. Once those are set, that's going to kind of make the new precedent. So you got to be careful how you do this. And so most reports are. Freeman was offered $135 for 5 $140, $140 million for 5 which is roughly around $27, $28 million a year. His final year of his deal was at $22 million a year. It was an eight-year deal that escalated every year, and he far met the expectations of that contract. It's one of those rare cases where the contract was good for the team and the player, but now it's time to get paid. It's his last chance. This is it. He's only going to get one more deal most likely. So here's Freddie Freeman sitting here as one of the best players in the entire league. He doesn't get the credit for it because baseball's not a national brand. Everybody in the Southeast knows this, but not necessarily everybody in Minnesota knows this. They know he's good. They've heard of him. But they don't know that he's on par with some of the best players in the league. He's just a little older than some of the players that have just signed these mega deals. And many people who have given these 30-somethings big contracts have been burned more than they've ever reaped the rewards. And so this is a, you got to be careful how this is handled. So he's got an offer on the table and he's and him and his agent, his counsel and whoever involved with the decision-making here. They basically are using the Braves as their leverage to either get more out of Atlanta or to get more out of presumably, it looks like it would be the Dodgers, maybe the Red Sox. Yankees just signed a first baseman. So it won't be them. And there's even talk of, of, of the Blue Jays trying to make a big push. Yeah, like Freddie Freeman wants to live in Toronto. Um, so he was playing chess with the Braves management, and he was taking this this deal on the table that was around, you know, twenty eight million dollars a year. That is below market value on on paper. It is technically below market value, but this guy's already made as much money in the world as you, he can make. His, his lifestyle has nothing changes. But if you want yours then that's fine. Go try to get yours. I don't blame Freddie Freeman whatsoever for doing this. But if Freddie Freeman wanted to be a Brave, he would be right now. And our general manager, Alex Anthopoulos is his name, AA, is, he's a wizard. He's brilliant. He's been here for five years. Oh, all he's done is four East pennants, NL East pennants, one National League pennant in a World Series, and made amazing moves not just last year, Two or three years ago, he made moves that helped us win another uh, East pennant and almost win the National League two years ago. We're one of the premier teams in all of Major League Baseball. And it's not because we're making hasty, irrational decisions. And so the dude out in Oakland, his name's Matt Olson. If you know, you know. If you don't, you don't care or go look him up. He is now our new first baseman. And so what what we had here in the front office was Alex looking at Two different options. I've got, I've got. first of all, i got a Freddie who won't make up his mind, and we're on this tight crunch of like a week, not two months like we normally have, like a week to get a deal done. And I don't know this for a fact, but all reporting and gossip and rumor mills are saying in Atlanta media that this offer to get to trade for this first baseman who's 27 years old, who has incredible numbers, who's in the prime of his career – And he's from Atlanta. He's an Atlanta kid. He went to Parkview High School, the same high school that Jeff Francois and many other premier uh, athletes in all sports, football and baseball have gone to coming out of Georgia. I mean, we can make this move now or we can sit here and wait on Freddie to continue to shop our deals around and be silent. And spring training starts, oh, I don't know, yesterday. Alex had no other option but to make the deal. And then to all to for the for the Oakland uh first baseman. And to all of our just amazement and just bewilderment, really, in a way, just unfathomable, overnight after the uh, the trade is announced, he signed to an eight-year deal for 168 million dollars, the biggest deal in the history of Atlanta Braves baseball. And so the people who don't know what they're looking at. Think that this is like some kind of treason. This is some kind of betrayal. And I'll one thing I will make sure you understand: if you're looking on, especially Facebook or anywhere, anywhere, and people are spelling Freddie's name F R E D D Y, just immediately block those people, or at least don't pay attention to their to their dialogue because they have zero idea what's going on. This, you know, I've seen so much ridiculousness of this. And really, what Alex did, our general manager, was he took a situation that was so depressing, dejecting, um, heartbreaking for a fan base. He spun it around in about a 48-hour time frame, did it completely respectfully, giving every opportunity for Freddie Freeman to accept the deal that he had on the table for the last really week, but, but but leading up to the end of last year, it was there too. He just wanted to, both sides wanted to wait it out. And he went and he made a deal and he, freddie waited too long and alex made his move and the next thing you know we've got a younger not better not gonna say better not at all better but we have a younger much much more um a financially responsible contract at 22 million dollars a year i know people who don't follow this stuff thinks oh 22 that's still crazy no that's 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 market value that's fine that's far below what freddie was looking for in the neighborhood of 30 and 35 million dollars and you can't do that, or you can. i get my words messed up. You can do that. You shouldn't do that, and um, not if you want to have a, a, a viable team five years from now. I want to win now, and I want to win later too. And really, what Alex did was he masterfully and secretively, in a in a, in a completely above board, because a lot of this stuff's done in secret. You don't you don't play. You don't show your hand. This is poker. This is playing chess. He took, the, uh, he took the narrative and flipped it upside down, and he broke Freddie Freeman's heart before Freddie broke ours, if that makes any sense. He broke Freddie Freeman's heart before Freddie Freeman broke the Atlanta Braves fan base's heart. And was that going to happen for sure? We'll never know. But I, it's, Freeman is still not signed, and the reason he's not signed is he's now lost all his leverage. And you think he – it talks about Tampa Bay. You think he wants to live in Florida? No. You think he wants to live in Canada? No. And he might end up with the with the Dodgers. Who knows? I think Freddie Freeman wanted to play in Atlanta, but I also think he used Atlanta as leverage and he lost the card game. Him and his agent misplayed their hand. And as they say, shit happens. And I was really upset at first. And then once they did the extension for Matt Olson we are a great baseball team and I can't wait to watch some baseball and uh, I wish Freddie the best I hope he gets a hundred bajillion dollars I'm team billion uncountable Jillion man swim in your money for all I care I hope you get it I hope you get it and I hope you have a great rest of your career and I love you but I'll never wear your number five on my back because um that's I mean not 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 out of anger it's just I'm just not going to. And I'm going to uh, watch some baseball very soon, and I'm very happy about it. I got a couple quick clips. I don't normally do this in the um, third segment, but this is Dansby Swanson, who went to uh, high school with either not, maybe not with the same high school, but played high school ball in the Atlanta area with the new first baseman Matt Olson. And but also one of his better friends is Freddie Freeman. So clearly a, a torn kind of emotional. Uh, a statement here from Swansman, Dansby Swanson, the shortstop for the Atlanta Braves.
3: It's fine to feel two different things at once. Um, obviously, uh, part of me is really excited for, for Matt to be here. Um, you know, we have a, a little bit of a history. You know, we were going to Vanderbilt together and going to be roommates, but he's you know, signed out of high school and all that kind of stuff. So um, we have some familiarity with one another. And, you know, if there's anyone to, to be able to man first base uh, other than Freddie, it would be him. But then also part of you is, is disappointed and frustrated that Freddie's not going to be here anymore. You know, we were, we were good friends, really enjoyed our time together you know, in the clubhouse. And uh, it's just one of those things like you know, it's, you always know it's a possibility going into an offseason. But when it happens, it's just kind of one of those things where it still like hits home a little bit. Because at the end of the day too, like this is business. Um, even though we all form such great friendships in here, it's still a business. I mean, the easiest thing to say is that number five should never be worn again.
2: I oh, forgot to put the mic back on. Number five should never be worn again. And uh, uh, on Atlanta Braves field in an Atlanta Braves Jersey, real quick audio on a wrap up the show from the new first baseman, Atlanta Braves, Matt
1: Olson. We were having the first official workout days yesterday. David Forrest called me in and said, we can't let you go out there. Um, yeah, there might be something going on and, Started getting a little tenser then shoot. I was telling somebody this this past week with with lockout Getting out to Arizona to be with days Kind of on pins and needles a little bit and then finally something happened getting here. It's been uh, Definitely a whirlwind, but um, I'm happy. It's it's happening and, and this is the place, you know I think it was a quick decision, but I, when you look at everything every box is checked here um, obviously Win World Series, got a, a big young core, it's my hometown, family lives in Atlanta, there's just a list to go on and on to, to be able to, to get a long deal done and something that I've always kind of wanted to do in, in the hometown is something that jumped at.
2: I could do this for a long, long, long time and I won't. I'll wrap it up there because I'm already right at about an hour, but uh, Alex Anthopoulos Boy, if you can get a GM for your sports franchise that's anywhere near the caliber of this guy, you're going to be in damn good hands. And I think we're going to be in very good hands at first base as well. I know it's easy to say, oh, well, see you later, Freddie, know, try to dismiss it as no big deal. I was heartbroken for a couple of minutes. But I'm telling you, because of what Alex has done over the last five years, he has gained all of my trust. If Alex Anthopoulos tells me that this is what we need to do and that this is the best decision, then I trust completely in his judgment and his decisions. They might not work out. Not every decision is going to work out, but I trust that he believes it's right and it very likely will work out. Opening day, August 7th. August. April 7th, excuse me. Uh, That's my birthday weekend, and I will be in... um, in Truist Park on Monday, April 11th for World Series Replica Ring Night Giveaway. And I'm as happy as a guy as you're going to find. So if you want to go to a Braves game, let me know. I'll be there on that Monday. Y'all have a good one. Um, Man, rest in peace, my guy Sean Patterson. I love you. I love that man so much. Rest, 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 rest in peace. What a fantastic guy. And um, that's all I got. This is uh, World Leaders and Nadia on the way out the door here. And we'll do it again next week. Love you. Mean it. Bye.